Welcome to Paddle Powwow, your inside look into the world of paddle in Australia and around the world. Hello there, welcome everyone to Paddle Powwow. Today we are actually together in the same room, Matt Burrell and I. We've had a weekend of paddle in Sydney at the Indoor Paddle Seniors Tournament on the weekend. Myself and Matt Burrell are here today together. Hi, Matty. How are you? Good, Matty. What an action-packed weekend we had. We had a lot of paddle. Maybe that intro sounded a little tired because I am. It was, a, it was a great weekend, huge amount of paddle. We're not hungover alcohol-wise, but my body is certainly sore. How about yours? It's holding up just okay. Matty and I played two events, so it was uh, seven or eight matches on Saturday and then a couple more on Sunday, so it's been a... Good weekend of paddle, and I'm looking forward to my ice bath after this. Oh, you and me both. I don't know how that works, right? The seniors' events, we play seven matches, but if you play in the open events, you're probably never, never doing seven matches in a day. That's uh, They've got it around the wrong way. It's because we get knocked out so early in the main event. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's true. <laughs> um, all right, before we get too excited about our prowess on the paddle court, or lack of, uh, in, in my instance, today's episode, we've got a fair few boxes to tick off. We've actually got an exciting show. We have Pep Stoner joining us from Femme Paddle. We're going to talk to her about how to get more female players into the world of paddle in Australia. She's been really successful in the UK at building out some women's and girls events and tournaments, which we're hoping to get to come down here. So so that's later in the show. We also do need to talk about the seniors event that we've just had. And as always, we'll go around the grounds locally and worldwide but look, before I bang on too much longer, maybe I should throw across to you, Maddie, and you could give a quick synopsis of how we went on the weekend and, and the different uh, different winners, runners-up, et cetera. Thanks, Maddie. So we had a um, the seniors tour uh, second event on the weekend. Uh, it was hosted by Indoor Paddle. Indoor Paddle uh, used to have four courts inside, two outside, and they've just recently expanded. So now have eight inside and two outside. So it's a 10-court club and by far Australia's biggest club. Also fantastic from a tournament perspective. If there's any rain on the horizon, there's no need for anxiety because you can uh, play indoors. So with eight indoor courts, it's an absolute ripper of a location that Jow and Kat Sigborb has over there. They were really gracious hosts and uh, put on a, a great event for the uh, Australian Paddle Federation or Paddle Australia. Um, in terms of the results, we had the 35s and the 45s for men, and we have 35 plus for women. On the women's side, Lex, Daly, and Sarah Moranti took out the event. They beat Muffy Nana in the final there. As you'd expect, they are, they're winning most of the open events or getting into the finals anyway, those two. So it's it's no surprise from your end, Matty, at all? No, no surprise. But probably the only surprise is, and, and not really a surprise, just a, a bit of a measure of what sort of people they are, is their ongoing support for playing the seniors' events because because it's not a surprise. They turn up and, and at the moment, there's no one in the category that can really stretch them or test them at all. But yet to show support, they're, they're, they're playing these seniors' events, which I'm really grateful for, and I'm sure you are as well. It just just raises the profile so much by having them there. It certainly does. Big thank you and shout out to uh, Sarah and Lex supporting the uh, the tour. In the 35s, Mikel Blanco and David Colgrass beat out Rob Daly and Craig Pickering. That was, I guess, Spanish padel um, expertise, beating out very good tennis converted to padel players in Rob and Craig. So that was a very exciting final. Uh, in the 45s, shouldn't say this, but myself, 
I'll, I'll say it for you. Yeah, Matt, Matt Burrell, he, he put in capital letters. Make sure you say my name. Matt Burrell and Rob Daly again, game for Paddle's own Rob Daly. They took out the men's 45 event versus uh, Scott Riley, uh, obviously the operator down at Ride, and Alex Wilson, his partner, uh, in another really high-standard paddle shootout. And well done, Matty. You are the king of the 45s. That's two events on the trot. Congratulations. Thanks, Matty. I'll, uh, yep, very humble over here. <laughs> Before we continue on your humbleness, we should talk about Macau and David. Again, really probably in the same boat as Lex and Sarah, you know, quite highly ranked boys in the men's open category and do very well. Having them was a real step up, wasn't it, you know, in the event and probably probably take the the banner for some of the nicest blokes that you have within the Oz Paddle Tour as well. That's exactly right. And Mikel flew in from Melbourne, David from Perth to uh, compete again. Huge effort for those guys coming so far, but they took home the trophy. So it'll be an uh, easier flight home with a bit of extra baggage for them on the way yeah, back. Yeah, exactly. And, and the thing about playing those guys is, look, there's no two ways about it. They're savages on the court and they beat you, but they beat you in such a nice way that you feel really good about losing, don't you? <laughs> you do. Give them a hug after and uh, it's all fair in love and war, but you uh, you don't mind losing to them. I agree no, with that 100%. Yeah. I hate losing, but if you've got to lose, I like losing to those guys. Yeah, exactly. In terms of participation, it was a uh, another cracking event. We had 60 in the first event ever in the Seniors Tour um, at the Paddle Sydney event at Scott Riders Complex over there. And we had 90 in this event. So um, again, one step up, 50% more, which is fantastic. Also, in terms of upcoming events, the next seniors event, which we'll jump to while on the seniors scene, will be in Albury. That's uh, Aaron and Mark Pirtle over there, 13 to 15 of October. That should be a really fun event, our first regional event, which is um, very exciting. A couple of hours from Melbourne, if you want to get there on a nice easy drive or you can fly in direct i think from gold coast sydney and most other capital cities they've got a hotel deal ready to go there and they'll put a real festival on on friday night uh, with mixed doubles saturday and sunday so it should be a really good event and they're building up a, a lovely club over there and it should be great to support that from a senior's perspective now just as a, as a little segue there you mentioned mixed doubles look that's something that we've been talking about we have our own event coming up in dockland shortly and, and we're trying to harness this this mixed piece. And, and what ha- tends to happen is you realize pretty quickly that the guys are outnumbering the girls maybe three to one at this stage. So the next question is, okay, how do we get some more girls, women playing paddle? In tennis, it seems to happen pretty organically. There's the midweek ladies competitions and groups, and then there's, you know, there's morning coaching. And it's really a big piece of the tennis puzzle. We haven't cracked that yet in Australia for paddle, but it's certainly no reason why we can't. It'll be really interesting later in the show when we speak to Pep about you know what she's done to get those numbers up and going. What are your thoughts on where we are in Australia with, with the women and, and perhaps what it looks like around the world presently? The first women events in terms of the Aussie Paddle Tour, we had two pairs, I think it was, <laughs> initially. And that was me getting my wife at the time to grab a friend to come in to support or uh, Maddie Thomas grabbing a couple of his girlfriends at the time to bring them across. So it was really tough originally. And bit by bit, it's definitely grown. The demographic of Padel is obviously a bit uh, older than it is for tennis. It's a bit harder to get the women after going into baby mode, potentially, which men don't have to deal with, to get them back into tennis or paddle after. And that, that's what happens in the 35-plus demographic. Probably the average age of a paddle player would be mid-30s. So that's right at the, at the point where men are more available coming out of the tennis world. 
and um, when we have to get back into the uh, game of paddle or tennis. So it's just a tough timing for that. We're doing everything we can to uh, not just support and go Matildas, by the way, on the way through there, not just support women's paddle, but also really making it flourish. So when we speak to Pep later on, we're going to get a whole lot of good initiatives coming through from that. And it's uh, a really important part of the mixture because as Maddie said the ratio around the world is probably 60-40 men to women in Australia it's it's probably flagging behind that I'd say it's 75-25 here 4 to 1 or even 3 to 1 ratio so it, it's not quite anywhere near the 60-40 on the global scene yeah but it's it's such a great sport for men and women you know boys and girls so there's no reason why we can't get those numbers up so yeah it will be a great chat that we can have with pep later and hopefully we can get her to come down to um melbourne or australia early next year which would be amazing with her wisdom and maddie just quickly on the docklands event for the uh next leg of the open oz paddle tour what date's that and uh how do you get Entry forms going for that. Right. Yep. Glad you asked. 15th to 17th of September. So it's coming up pretty quickly. Entries are out, open and live. You can go on to obviously the Game for Paddle website, uh, gameforpaddle.com.au. But initially you go on the Oz Paddle Instagram. Instagram. Facebook, yeah. yeah, you'll be you'll be posting that everywhere. Um, yeah, really looking forward to having our turn at hosting everyone down at the Docklands. We've got uh, four courts and a fifth instant paddle court. Even looking at the idea of starting to bring in a C grade tournament into the, into the event, because look, it's not all about the open open sort of you know top end players. Paddle's really community, and it's and maybe it's even even wider participation at the base and and in the middle. So. Really making that B grade section a pure B grade, you know, rather than two A's, and and having a C grade sort of section is something that we're looking forward to to hosting down there and um, having something for everyone. So yeah, we're excited. Yeah, one of the one of the original framework pieces when we're building out the tour as an idea, and also the sport in Australia was to really not make it an elitist sport, so not focus on the top players only. Because as you say, Maddie, the, the the heart of each club and the players only play at clubs, there's no brick walls they're playing on generally, are the Bs and Cs. And everyone starts normally coming in as an A, as a C, head up towards A. And a lot of people are just happy playing this sport. They do it for different reasons than other sports potentially. And exactly why pickleball has got so um, large around the world for the exact same reasons. So it's a social sport. You, you prefer to have a good game with friends on there rather than working out who's winning and losing. It's not really about that. And that's what the, the heart of the sport is and why it's got so popular around the world. It's all about having a social time, having a having a drink after or a bite after and having a chat before and spending a bit of time with your friends there is probably the most important part, the social interaction, which generally forms in the B and C level. So we want the tour to also recognize that and give some sort of once a year competitive, once or twice a year for some of those players competitive outlet and generally uh, just enjoy the social atmosphere, festival type atmosphere around these events as well. Sometimes going to these tournaments, waiting off the court for your match and and what you do during those periods of time is the parts that you look back on and say, oh, that was a really great tournament. You know, it's not all about just being on the court and playing. Obviously, that's our common interest, but being off the court and having, you know, those opportunities for new conversations, new friendships, and just networking is just fantastic. So, yeah, I think we're heading in the right direction there. Speaking of around the world, where, you know, we like to check in what's happening each sort of month, what's been going on around the world. So, I'll leave it to you to talk about the big merger. And then also I'm going to get you to give us an update on how many courts 
we're going to have in Australia by the end of the year. Because when we talked about that earlier, we were both pretty excited to find that number out. But I'll I'll let you run your run your numbers if you like to. <laughs> well, amazed. We'll, we, we'll stay on Australia first, I guess, to quickly give you an update. We're currently at eight clubs and forty courts. The reason we've increased those court numbers is because of our indoor paddle. There, they've added an extra four courts. Plus, we've got the extra Melbourne club, Nordic paddle over there. So that's another four courts there. So it was eight and 32. Now it's eight and 40 courts. By the end of the year, we should have close to 50 courts in Australia, which is double what we had the year before. So that's a really good uh, growth rate and matches some of the growth rates occurring, starting from a lower base, obviously. It really matches in exactly with what the UK have done and some of these other countries that are starting to grow because once it catches on, it really catches on. So um, that's what's happening. We should have another Sydney club on the northern beaches side um, in the next few months and also another Brisbane club um, in the next few months. So all those players in Brisbane uh, will be very happy to um, hear about that and also the northern beaches as well. So as a few others, a few rumours floating around about another club or two popping up in the next six months, I would say, Maddie. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that as well. So we'll wind up at about 50 courts and 10 clubs which is five courts per club average, obviously. Um, and that's that's how it works worldwide. It's about four courts per club. But you find that average is going up and up and up because um, club operators have worked out uh, the operational, exhausting yourself operationally for two courts is the same as it would be for four or six courts. So you may as well have some more courts there to trap longevity of revenue, paying off your courts and your capex and rolling along there. So um, we think we'll find those that average will move from four up as uh, as success breeds success on the on the club scene in Australia here. Yeah, totally. And um, yeah, it's you know these rumours that you talk about of you know, all these clubs starting to to pop up. The rumours have always been there. And you know maybe twelve months ago you talked to people and and they were going to go into the paddle business and they're going to open thirty before you know next year and all the rest, which which were just pie in the sky stuff. But but these days the rumors, you know, are really starting to now become realities. You know, there's lots of operators who who do know what they're doing. They've got their funding. They they know how to build and and these courts are actually starting to happen, which is great. Um and it's probably worth mentioning that um New Zealand is is now starting to to go as well. Um, as you know, Kiwi Paddle are in the process of building their first court at the moment. A little company called Game for Paddle are also um, dipping their toe in the water over in New Zealand now and have a couple of venues that potentially should be up and running by the end of the year as well. So um, that's exciting times for New Zealand to start to you know, enter the paddle market and then, you know, slowly, slowly follow the footsteps of, it, of its big brother Australia now, I suppose. Yeah, it sure is. And New Zealand officially become a uh, a member of FIP now, the International Paddle Federation. So um, they're on the radar. There's a few. How many operators would you say will be looking to open serious amounts of courts there in the next couple of years? I reckon. You know, from you, you were uh, over there recently, weren't you? Yeah, I reckon there'll be there'll probably be three or four. Um, it'll be interesting to see what areas that they go into. Obviously, Auckland's the um, you know the low hanging fruit, but. Um, there's no reason why some of these smaller sort of cities won't get paddle as well, but I think that might be rolled out in phase two. But I, I look, I'd say four or five venues in Auckland within 12 to 18 months for sure. Right, which mirrors exactly Australia two years ago, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. And we talk about rumours and gestation periods. That really boils down to councils um, approving. So you'll find in every single club opening, you think it's going to take 
six months, three to six months of counsel with the DA and the inspections and all the engineering. Um, it really takes nine to 12 months, to be honest, across the board. So all those clubs that we thought would be opening within 12 months actually take 24 months, basically. And that's what we're finding now. So there's a whole backlog of clubs. I'd say there's probably 20 more clubs in the hopper right now in Australia, which will roll out over the next year or so. So you'll see that that double again, I'd imagine. We're in good stead now and the growth cycle is definitely in motion. It's not just a, a thing for the future now. We're talking reality now with 50 courts or 48 courts and, and 10 clubs. That's not a bad start for Australia. 100%. Okay, so what about what you've been talking about all morning, this, this merger, QSI, Premier Paddle? Qatar-backed QSI guys who run Premier Paddle which is the official tour with FIP and the Players Association of Paddle, have acquired their biggest competitor, which is the other leading tour, the World Paddle Tour. And that acquisition just took place about a week ago, announced a week ago. They're finishing off the paperwork now. They'll run the two tours uh, separately this current year still to finish off 2023. Then 2024, they'll have a merged tour, which is super exciting. There's been a whole lot of animosity and uh, legal legal letters going between the two between the two companies cross borders. It's been a real mess, and now cleaning that up is an absolute um, win for the whole industry, for the players, uh, for the clubs hosting the events. It's one timetable which you can rely upon as a player or a country. Yeah, it also feeds in that official entity also runs the World Cups, which the juniors, the seniors, and the main World Cups. Uh, each, each two years can line up on a proper calendar now without fear of missing out in terms of what you're up to and where you're going. It'll add a lot more organization to the whole tour. What are your thoughts on that, Matty? Money, oh. money wins in the end, I guess. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was going to be my headline, actually. It's like, yeah, money money talks, right? It's it's going to be for the greater good eventually. Someone had to win and, and it's better to have, you know, one distinct pathway rather than, you know, just having this breakaway. Are we playing this? Are we doing that? I, I guess I'm interested to know what that's going to look like you know, as a benefit for Australia, you know, moving forward, like, are we going to start seeing some more events coming down down our way? Yep, I think so. We're, um, we can't announce anything out, obviously, but um, when you have a FIP or a World Paddle Federation event, that also feeds into the same system, which which is with the, with the super professional event. So it's part of the triangle of the tour there. Australia should have an event next year. We have one this year's the Aussie Open through January. We're looking again to have one next year and it'd be great having you know one or two FIP events that feed the points feed into this uh new entity that's um going to be rolling next year as well so keep your eyes out for that yeah i mean how great would it be to have an australian leg with with multiple tournaments down our way to attract know, the overseas yeah to, to attract players, to yeah. attract the you know the big boys and then we could actually start talking about having some real money in Australia for some tournaments too, which would be great for the sport of paddle, I think. Sure would, Matty. Sure would. Quick point on the world scene. There's lots to talk about, but I'll limit this to one more thing. South Africa seems to be really, really moving fast in terms of paddle. We talk about Middle East. We've talked about Europe, talked about South America, talked about New Zealand and Australia. Africa's really flying. They're a huge sporting nation, obviously. Love their rugby. They've got currently around 35 or 40 clubs over there now. There's a few 
opening up at the moment. The biggest operator there has got Africa Paddle. They've done a fantastic job in with 14 clubs. So you'll see from a club perspective, just small, small little South Africa over there with around 50 clubs going into next year plus. And there's a whole lot more on the deck there too. They're, they're, in, they're in double mode as well. They've, they've doubled and doubled as well. So they're actually about a year ahead of Australia in terms of the uh, cycle there. And uh, the reason is, again, when you have a club, it's successful, starts making money, normally takes three years to three to four years to pay off your initial investment. The cash flow positive at the end of the first year, normally these clubs seems to be that way across the board. They're going to four to five court to six court clubs now and dotting around each of the cities. So like in Australia now, you can get a game in most capital cities now with the Brisbane coming in soon. You're able to do that also in South Africa. So it's a real credit to the guys and girls over there who are doing a really good job. And the market has really picked it up fast over there. And there's just one more country to add to the list for the big Olympic bid, I guess. You know, we've put yeah. New Zealand in the mix, now South Africa, ticking them off one by one, 2032, here we come. Okay, folks, as promised earlier in the show, today we have Femme Open Pep Stoner with us today. She's the founder of the UK branch of Femme Open. Hi, Pep. Hi. Thanks so much for joining us today. Earlier in the show, we've been talking a lot about female paddle, how to get more girls playing the sport. And obviously, your name is probably viral even down here on on getting the women involved in paddle, which has just been such a, a great initiative and something that we're trying to emulate in Australia. So congratulations. Well done. Thanks, Matt. Well, being an Aussie living in in the UK, I obviously it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Well, I was going to say we might let the listeners know your don't be deceived by Pep's very Aussie accent in the background. There, she's a, a true blue Aussie, and we actually met playing in the Masters, which is the thirty five plus World Championships, and Pep played for the Aussies with another couple of players over there in the UK who happen to be Aussies by passport. Brought Pep into the team, and Pep did us proud over there. We got chatting. And Matt's been chatting also through his business also with Pep about um, how we can drive up participation generally in sport for women and also um, particularly in paddle, which is our, our focus, obviously. Great to speak to you again, Pep. Oh, Matt, thank you. It was a brilliant experience in Las Vegas, 10 days playing paddle. I hadn't really uh, been in paddle for that long at that stage, but but what an honour to to play for Australia. Amazing cross-court forehand, Pep Scott, just oh. for the listeners out there to look out for in the future. Let me ask, how did you get started? What 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 was your motivation and, and you know, Maybe give the listeners a little bit of an intro as to exactly what Fem Open is. Um, yeah, sure. I mean, my paddle journey really started in lockdown. We came back from sort of, you know, a couple of really horrible lockdowns here and I couldn't get my tennis four together for various reasons. But the paddle, two paddle courts at Stoke Park seemed to be always full, laughing and joking. So I tried it. And really, I started it as just exercise. I thought it was great. And also it was social. I met lots of people. And after the lockdowns, I, you know, I think that was also part of the journey and got really addicted to it, actually. It's so much so that I haven't played tennis in about two and a half, three years. But anyway, I absolutely love the paddle. When I met Matt uh, Las Vegas, I had only just really started the journey of playing and came back and started entering a lot of LTA competitions and that's where I started to see there weren't many women taking part. I had struggled to get a partner. Many women's competitions would get cancelled. It was usually at least eight to one for men's versus women's competitors. I sort of had reconnected with an old work colleague who had moved back to Sweden and started this Fem Open movement. Some listeners may may not be aware, but Sweden had a massive explosion of paddle. So 
they started with a women's tournament, with one women's tournament in 2018. And by 2022, they had run 40 tournaments across Sweden. So I just reached out to her and said, Johanna, how about you bring this? We do this at the UK just for fun. And, and the initial thing was just to do one, which was September 22 at my tennis club in London, the Hurlingham Club. And from there, it has just exploded. We can't we can't deliver enough tournaments. So, you know, back in September, our main limiting factor was venues, actually. We didn't have enough venues, um, but that is now rapidly changing. So it's a really interesting uh, sort of last year, I'd say. We're coming up for our year's anniversary in the UK, and we will have delivered 10 tournaments um, by September and as well, lots of training. So it's really exploding here. And how many participants would you say in total? How many women would be part of the uh, the femme movement, if you like, in total? Well, we've got about we've got about two fifty three hundred women now in our database. We only set up Instagram the end of October, and that's now over a thousand with a you know a huge reach. We probably get you know sort of up to fifty thousand sometimes for reels and engagement. So our social media's really taken off, and I think. Sometimes when I'm posting on there, I'm I'm it's not just about the Femme Open tournaments, it's about the community and the network. And there's a lot of women out there that are really passionate about paddle and playing paddle, but it's more than the tournament. It's about meeting other women and a network and, and it's fun and it's sociable and they get a day out and and we've found all sorts of other things have happened from the tournament. They've met other women all over the UK that they can play and partner with. We've even we've even helped a student get a job. I mean, there's all sorts of different knock on effects from having a women's network. Um, that's really, really powerful. I think it's only just just getting going, really. That's amazing. And we talk about that a lot on the podcast communities that are created through Paddle. So that's 100 percent ringing true for what you're saying there, too. So Pep, tell us, how do you get women from, let's say, you know, not playing paddle to being involved like how do you, how do you drag them in we want to know oh that's a really really good question and it's one that sort of a lot of clubs in the UK grapple with and and you know one of the things the LTA have a promoting women's paddle group which I sit on and we're sort of talking about giving sort of advice to clubs when they open about how to include the women's community because it it has to be done from the beginning and a, Getting a woman on court a lot of the time is really um, quite different, I think, to a man. I think a man will very much go and he'll have a have a go at something new and he'll get going very quickly. Because as we know, with with paddle, it's very easy to take up for most people and to get going and enjoy it. But women take a little bit more coaxing and kind of, you know, a lot of women haven't played sports since school. So some of the questions I get on Instagram are things like, what are, what what shoes do you need? What equipment do I need? They, they're looking for barriers to getting on court. So they just need somebody that really will, will coax them on a bit and say, you'll be okay. I know you haven't played sport for a while. I know you've had a couple of kids or you're working or whatever's happening. But, you know, this is a great women's community and you'll have fun at the end of the day it's social and you'll have fun and it's inclusive and once you get them on court they're hit they it's like getting a shot of dopamine and they you don't lose them then they're the most loyal you know they'll come back for more and more that's what we've found happen with fem open and in fact i've i've been doing sort of friday intro to paddle sessions with women at my local club just just to introduce them to it and I say I'll just introduce you you take it from there and I don't lose anyone they all come back because once they're on court they get it they get it it's really an inclusive sport I think that's its great attraction you know it's so easy to take up for most people and also Pep you're looking at maybe bringing the Femme Open 
to the shores of Australia, some of the UK version and the Swedish version, I guess, coming out to Australia in the summer. What would you be looking to do out here if we can figure something out with you? Uh, well, I think we just bring what we do here and it's it's really the tournament is run on a timed uh, basis. So you have 20 minutes or 25 minutes on court and your score at the end of that 20 minutes goes in and the winner is at the end of the five hours, whoever's won the most matches. So it really is about going on for 25 minutes, coming off for 20. So you're on court very, very uh, regularly. Not like a full tournament where you play best of three sets and then you're off for three or four hours. It's really it's really like a speed networking event because you go on, you play and you come off. And it doesn't sound exhausting, but I promise you after after five hours of doing that, it is quite tiring. And But the other benefit of that is you meet everyone. It's sort of like a round robin. So you meet everyone. And to be able to concentrate for 25 minutes is also a skill and make sure that you are absolutely playing your best paddle for 25 minutes so that you win. It's actually quite, it's quite difficult. It's more difficult than it sounds, but the women love it. When I first talked to a club in the UK, they said, no, this won't work here. It won't work here, but it has, and they love it. You know, it's, it's, it works. So I think we would try and do the same thing, bring it. In the UK and Sweden, we also do, uh, we, we have sponsors, you know, like Wilson and in Sweden, they have Audi. And they they are very generous with the prizes and supplying balls. And, and so the women actually also get to try all the merchandise around paddles. So, you know, we've had, you know, women taking away goodie bags of, of water bottles, grips, tennis balls. It's just an extra treat for them. So, you know, it's it's nice. It works here. I hope it works in Australia. I'm sure it will. I can totally see how that format will work. We run something similar on one of our sort of in-house nights and that, and that being on the court with different people and then off the court with different people. As you say, that's that paddle networking community, getting to know people, you know, it, it sort of fits perfectly, doesn't it? So yeah. probably something worth mentioning is and giving yourself a bit of a plug so that, you know, pre coming down to Australia, um, What's where can people sort of have a look at Fem Open? What are your details for social media, etc.? Well, we run um, our Instagram is uh, Fem Open Paddle underscore UK, but the main site is fem femopen.com. And and if you go on that, the women will see it's Europe's largest paddle tournament now. This year they've expanded across the Nordics, um, Denmark, Norway. I mean, what is interesting about the general paddle, and and you'll know this, is some countries it's really exploding. And in and countries like Denmark and Norway, the women, it's just incredible. And Sweden, you know, the, the percentage is, is taking off. Whereas in the UK, I think it's still quite male dominated, but it's got potential to to grow. So it's quite interesting to look at the different different. But if you look at femopen.com, you will see the ethos behind. One thing I didn't mention is that our tournaments, one of the unique things about them is they're for all levels. So we have three or four categories. So in Sweden, they do get some of the pro players playing. And we have had some here too, but usually in a tournament we'll do A, B and C, which means that it's inclusive for the very beginners as well. And that's one thing with women. A lot of women don't like competing or, you know, and that's that's a whole different discussion about, you know, how they're brought up and, and you know, whether competing is a good thing. So we really embrace that with the women and, and say, don't be scared of competition. It's great. It's the only way to learn and get better. And, you know, it's a good it's a good entry point because we find many women enter our competition and then go on to do an LTA official competition. And 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 I think the LTA have benefited from us because their competition, the numbers are really getting bigger and bigger for the women entering LTA stuff, too. 
So it works well together. And after all, that's that's what we're, you know, it's all about, isn't it? It's trying to even out the percentages of male and female players. And and I must say it's, you know, it's a it's a problem that we're facing in Australia as, you know, stuff that you touched on. Guys are willing to have a go and girls might sit back a little bit more. And so in the early stages of paddle in Australia, that's kind of where we're headed. We're probably about 70, 30 or even maybe 75, yep. 25. So we need some more, you know, ladies for mixed doubles. And um, you're certainly on the right path to to cracking that code. So congratulations. Well done. And I think some of the clubs in the UK that have seen a really good uh, success rate with women have been ones where they've got a woman champion at the club, like based at the club. It doesn't necessarily have to be the top paddle player, but someone, you know, even just loving paddle that is there day in, day out. So there's a club up in Harrogate that has a lady. It's just phenomenal because she's got all the community in. There's one in Bristol, the same. You know, if they have a champion there day in, day out, then it it really helps because the women feel they can sort of get on court. We do lack female coaches here. That's another issue. There's not enough women. Co- but that's not to say you, you can only have a women coach because there's plenty of good men coaching but coaching in general is an issue too so one of the events we did that was an absolute sellout was we partnered with Sandy from the paddle school and we did a training session with him down in Bristol and that was amazing we got 32 women who just you know absolutely love that because that top level of coaching I think that's also important to get that from the beginning so women really learn to play paddle properly rather than sort of tennis or squash on a paddle court they really learn it properly and Sandy was absolutely brilliant for that so you know it'd be good if he he might come to Australia one day you don't know <laughs> Sandy actually um kicked off in our club originally at entertainment quarter the first paddle Sydney version we had and he was our coach there so oh. he was there fantastic communicator so knowledgeable and a great player as well when won all the tournaments obviously up front but really gave generously gave tips to all the players as he went along um as he's playing against him yeah. even it was uh he's a he's a he's a really good communicator and um sandy the paddle school they should everyone should look him up he's a really good guy and um him and his brother run a, a you know a really really nice um nice business there it's really good let's see uh, if we can get them to us as well <laughs> absolutely well i've got to say pep that was a great talk and just myself, plenty of learnings have come out of that and, and even just thoughts as to, you know, how we can do things better and, and start, you know, really, really getting some women or more women involved in paddle. So, you know, thanks. We really appreciate your time today. Oh, thank you. And and really for any women listening, you know, the three things I always say that are key for it are it's fun, friends and fitness. And, you know, what more could you need? You know, you've got everything to do with well-being with paddle in one, you know, it's fun. You make friends and, and you get fit. I mean, it's great for fitness. So yeah. that'd be my summary. Yeah, we can't wait to see you in Australia in our summer. And no doubt you're escaping yes. the winter over there. You'll be in the right side. Yeah, look out for me in January. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Pep, so much. We're looking forward to seeing you. Thanks, Pep. Thanks. Thanks again, Pep. That was that was great having you on the show. Amazing talk. And like we said earlier, look forward to seeing you next year. Okay, that's that's a wrap for today, Maddie. Any final thoughts? Decide about the future of the women's category in Australia. Thanks again, Pep. Really insightful. Gearing up for the next tournaments and uh, having these new clubs open up for the end of the year. Fantastic. Okay, see you all in Docklands in a couple of weeks, guys. Thanks again and thanks for listening. The First Serve is your home of tennis at thefirstserve.com.au. Log on to find out all the details of our live radio show, other podcasts, read weekly features by our team of writers, and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
TikTok and subscribe to our YouTube channel.